Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, in today's episode, you're going to learn the contradictory way to fight off negativity and get your drive back. The four daily habits you must adopt to be more productive and live your best life. The Ernest Hemingway hack to keep a healthy balance between work and personal life. Enjoy. By the way, if you want to be the next person to be featured in an episode of The Road to a Billion and get your questions answered, you can join Stefan's email list to get the registration link, plus uh, lots of other updates and opportunities you won't find anywhere else. Just go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com slash subscribe. Stefan, S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, Georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I dot com slash subscribe. And make sure you hit the subscribe button now so you get notified of new episodes the moment they're released. All right, without further ado, let's get to the episode. Enjoy. There we go. All right. Peter Semis asks, if I can find his question, tips on how to be happy and tips on fighting off negativity demons. It's a good freaking question. That is a good question. What's up, Peter? How are you? Good. How are you, man? Doing good, man. Um, good. Yeah. You'll give me a little context on that question. Yeah. I mean, like to preface everything, like I have very strong mental health and you know, my life is fucking awesome right now more money, better shape. But lately I've been noticing like a somewhat depressive trend in my mindset and I'm very hypersensitive to that stuff. So I'm kind of just wondering like, if stuff's going out like great, like how can we continue to like move that forward, especially with happiness? Cause like what's the point of having, having everything if you're not a happy. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's a great question. Man. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, a couple of thoughts, like like Jazz mentioned The Big Leap, and we talk about The Big Leap on like every single one of these shows. Have you read that book yet, Peter? Uh, I'm about halfway through, actually, right now. Cool. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that helps, because I do think sometimes it's like that upper limit problem, and that kind of thing of like, when you get to this place where things are good, there's kind of your inner, like, saboteurs and demons that are trying to bring you back down, drag you back down, and so then, like, kind of, like, because of that, like it, it manifests in unhappiness and then the unhappiness leads to you um, making poor decisions to sort of cut yourself back down. Um, so I do think that that's part of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, for me personally, one of the biggest things that I, I don't have like a perfect answer to this, obviously. Um, if I did, I'd be like a, a monk, but um, you know, I also just try to kind of own it. Like I examine, I examine my feelings and then I own my feelings and then I, I kind of just let it go from there. So like I, if I'm feeling kind of depressive or unhappy, I sort of think about like 
you know, I try to think why that might be, right? Is it that I'm really unhappy? Is it that I feel like I'm missing something? Is it possibly that I have an inner voice that is, you know, or some mindset stuff or mental and emotional baggage that's kind of manifesting itself and trying to, um, you know, pull me back down or whatever it is. And then if I still feel kind of unhappy, then I'm personally like, all right, well then I can just be unhappy for a bit. If I want to be like, I, I talk about giving myself permission to be unhappy. And then when I do that, like, and I'm like, all right, well, I can totally do that. And if I want to not work for the next three days, if I want to stay in a depressive funk, like that's totally cool. And like, I like literally commit to that. I'm like, I'm committed to being unhappy, which sounds crazy because generally what I found is when I do that, then I end up being like, well, I don't actually really want to do it. And then I kind of go on with my day and, and sort of, but I sort of feel like part of it is like a taboo that we have. It's like a taboo game we play of ourselves where we feel it creeping in and we tell ourselves, we, we try to ignore it, try to like avoid it. And then um, it's almost like a fetish where like, then we, we kind of like want it, but it's like a sick thing. Like for us, maybe subconscious, but if you're like, if you unfetish, unfetishize it and you're like, yeah, I can just be uh, unhappy if I want to generally then like a lot of the appeal of that disappears and goes away. So that's what I found to work best. I know Ed Ray put in the chat that he has an answer on this one. So, you know, Ed, I'd love to hear your take as well. Yeah. Um, so one thing, I don't know if you guys know about me, uh, but like 95% of my decisions are in life are completely emotionally based. Um, that's just the hard fact. So I totally understand this. Um, and I've dealt with this a ton with like mood swings, depression, anxiety, everything you can name it. Like I got it probably. Um, one thing I got to ask you and like, for you guys listening, this is really crucial. How like how consistent is your sleep schedule? Oh, it's pretty good. I mean, I grew up like a hardcore fitness guy, so I try to get like eight to nine hours every day. Pretty yeah, Peter's, Peter's jacked AF for those what's, who are. Uh, <laughs> what's know. what's your what's your wake up time every like every day? What's your average? Uh, like around nine twenty to nine thirty. Okay, so it's not like you know four like it's not like four a.m. to seven a.m. Like there's no big range. No, uh, for the most part, it's maybe like eight to nine. Uh, depends if my puppy's crying, but usually it's around. Okay. Do you, so even that can have an effect. Do your best to um, keep it within a half hour time frame of waking up every morning. A lot of people like to focus on what time you go to sleep, but more importantly is what time you wake up consistently because your body will naturally mm -hmm. tire itself out and reset its circadian rhythm. Um, and get you back on the right track. It could literally just be hormones messing up. The next question I have for you is, um, how much do you work in a week? How many hours? Uh, I mean, I don't really track it, but I, I mean, I try to work probably six days a week right now, um, more because like it's COVID okay. time, and I, I'd like to work now and then sure. take time off later. Yeah. How many hours a week do you work though? I have no clue. Fifty, ballpark it. 50, 60? Yeah, at least. Do you feel tired at the end of the day? Like mentally drained? Uh, it, I think it depends on the day. It uh, depends how much writing I get done. Um, but half the days, yes, half the day, no. Okay. Because um, that's the other thing I'm, I'm, I'm kind of testing for is, are you burning out? That's my next question. Or starting to? Cause that's something that happened to me a few times when I started to get in a depressive funk, um, was literally just me not having a consistent sleep schedule, not, um, 
what's it called? Not um. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm having a blank brain fog. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, it's important to have just healthy habits, like eating good food. You're health nuts, you probably are, but most people listening, either not a consistent wake up schedule, um, they're burning out, they're working too much, not taking enough time off, as well, um, not eating nourishing good food, like actually good food, like micronutrients of like fruit, <laughs> veggies, what's that, what, whatever. Also, vitamin D as well. How much sun are you getting? Uh, probably do like, yeah, I usually do like one, one to two hour shirtless walks a day in the sun. So usually pretty good. And like, I'll, I'll hit like 10,000. I use once a week, uh, just as a mega dose to be safe. Okay. You and Ed Ray can do your shirtless walks together. If you guys, <laughs> do it, man. Let's do it. um, okay. So we, we've ruled out a lot of the biological stuff. Yeah. Are you, do you feel like you're, and like, I'm sorry if this is like going a little too far in depth, Stefan, like, let me know when to stop. <laughs> Well, I'm curious about, I mean, Peter, I would just be curious, like, do you have an inkling as to, you know, where the depressive feelings might be coming from? Mm-hmm. I, I think it could be burnout. I do have like seven projects going on at once right now. I'm not just like copy like my own book launch and then the course and some other stuff. So I, I could think it's, yeah. it's burnout. Yeah, that's kind of the instinct that I got. Because like, if you're just talking about six days a week and I know it's tough cause you're like, to your point, COVID's mm-hmm. going on. Can't like, you know, what else can I do? Might as well maximize this time. But yeah. at the same time, if you're working six days a week and you're sort of feeling like you're never getting a break or you're not taking that downtime to like recharge and that you time, um, mm-hmm. it is easy to start feeling burned out. And then with seven projects, it's like feeling scattered. Like you're not accomplishing as much in a day as you think you should be but it's not because you're not working. It's because you are kind of working on a bunch of different stuff. So you're only kind of making little like tiny dents, you know, instead of making a huge yeah. cavern. Uh, yeah. I think like to me that, that, I mean, one thing I would just do is, is of your seven projects, right. A, I would try and really hone in on like two to three at most, you know, mm-hmm. that you think are really yeah. biggest needle movers. Just focus on those. Uh, then I would really focus on trying to take like, the weekends off entirely, you know? Um, okay. One thing I found, and I, I give Monique Linder, who's a, a coach who I worked with uh, maybe two years ago, and she kind of is the one who forced me to do this, but I started to like, I cut back my hours that worked pretty significantly, but I focused on the big needle mover. So I found that I actually was like working half the amount of time I worked before, but I was getting more done. And then not only that, but since I was down at like 2.30 or 3, I'd go play golf and I'd be in the sun for like four hours playing golf or I'd go for a walk or I'd go and then like doing those sorts of things made me feel a lot like happier. And then just like sort of, um, then when I did work, I was more excited to work. I always talk about, you know, Ernest Hemingway, like is famous for that. He would f- stop writing in the middle of a sentence every day, every morning. He would write for like a couple hours in the morning, but he would always stop in the middle of a sentence. And the reason he did that was so that when he woke, he'd be pissed off. He'd want to keep going, but he couldn't. Um, and like, then like when he woke up the next day, he was like really excited to go back to writing cause he wanted to at least finish that sentence. Plus he always had like a prompt. He always knew what he was going to write. And it was easy to do that. Um, but I kind of look at it the same way of even working and taking a break. You're like, but if I go for another two hours and work till seven or eight, then I can, you know, finish like this thing. But it's like, yeah, but is that better? Or would you be better served to like, you know, go do family time or more personal time or go out in the sun and then, 
you know, wake up the next morning and be like, oh, cool. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And you finish it then. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that stuff, if you do that, like may have a big impact on your mental kind of health and well-being. So that, that's what I would personally mm-hmm. recommend. Yeah, cool. For sure. Um, and there's something I, I said to Jazz Courtenay the other day. Um, we had a quick call with him. Basically, the way that I compartmentalize it in my head in terms of juggling clients and stuff, um, and this is useful for anybody, even if you're not doing client work, just project-based, just apply it to whatever you're doing. Uh, I only ever want to have a maximum of three big projects going on at once. So I'd have uh, one project for myself, one project for my retainer client, and then one like gap for one-time projects. Um, so that way there's a, there's a good balance. So there's always money coming in, like as Ian Stanley calls it, maintenance money. There's money now, which is within the one day to 30 days, and there's money later, which is my own personal stuff, like my book, my Facebook compliance course, my email list. And that way you can really 80-20, like you know what to cut out if it doesn't fit in one of those three compartments. Obviously it's gonna be different for, for everybody, but if you can, like Stefan said, pick two or three projects that are gonna bring you the biggest returns and be the most fulfilling, do those. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. I didn't mean to make it so deep on the, the no, first question. Cool. <laughs> I, I love it. That's what I love about this. I love going yeah. deeper. So yeah. thanks for thanks for asking it, Peter. Yeah, yeah thanks. Cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, Ed, I want to make one other note on that too, which is that, you know, I had um, like Brooks out here with me, uh, Brooks Briz, who's part yeah. of the Copy Accelerator team as well. And uh, super awesome guy. He's done a bunch of amazing stuff. He actually has, if you ever kind of look at his bio. It's amazing. Like he helped to like start like the blooming brands that was like uh, Outback Steakhouse and Carabras and all these restaurants. He worked like directly with the owners to help uh, grow that. He did stuff with like John Maxwell, who's one of the foremost experts in leadership. He's just done all these incredible things. Um, but he was helping me with like brainstorming on the publishing company. So we spent most of the day Tuesday on that. I ran in a conference room at a local Regis and uh, we whiteboarded, we mapped stuff out and I took a break for the copy accelerator call and then had a couple of calls after that, but I spent a huge chunk of time doing that. And when I was doing that, I was not checking Facebook messages or my email or Skype or anything else. So I was like in that room, just focused on that one thing, which is a really big needle mover. And I realized when I got home that day, my like level of happiness was so much higher. Um, I felt so happy. I was in such a good mood. And the next morning he came, we spent the first couple hours and I was still in that good mood. And then he left. And then I went to doing, uh, playing like whack-a-mole with all of this stuff here. Like, you know, I had like to do copy accelerator feedback. I had emails to respond to. I had a call about the supplement company I'm involved with. I had a call with my PR team. I had to like, uh, do some like admin stuff and sign some contracts. I, and then suddenly I'm jumping around to all these different things. And my mood just went like this. It went straight downhill because instead of really focusing on this one thing that was the most exciting thing for me and this big needle mover, um, I was trying to do all these different things and, and cram it all in. And so it just reminded me of the power of focus and like finding more time in our, our days where we can just focus on one big thing at a time. Like the copy accelerator stuff is a huge, you know, needle mover for me in my life and a really important thing too. So it's not that I don't enjoy doing that. It was just like switching to that and then another thing and another thing and another thing. Um, so I've always found my most productive and happiest times are when I'm really focused on like one or two things. And when I'm trying to focus on more than that at a single given time, I get cranky and irritable. Uh, So I just wanted to share that. All right, that's just about it for today. Before we finish though, let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me. 
I have a private email list where I share high-level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words and I send them every day. So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should, because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, and I will see you in my email list.